right, uh, still to come, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, this is our first, though. We got uh, Bruce Marquette out of Lysa Rain. They do a great radio show uh, every Monday night at 6 o'clock right here on LA News Radio. It's called Crime and Justice Radio. And uh, we welcome them to the airwaves for a bit of a preview, as uh, well as uh, a couple of cases in play. Always like to chat. We say good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Aida. How are you? Good morning. How you doing? Morning, Jay. How are you doing? It is going going well as we kind of round out the year and uh, get ready for the holidays. And, of course, you know, last week you had the sentencing of the uh, ex-NYPD officer, I.D. Ring, Michael Valva, 25 years to life, Bill Condon. Uh, The justice in the case... Uh, said it very poignantly and emotionally, I thought. Really, the crux of it all is the sentencing was we can never let this happen again. What happened to eight-year-old Thomas, hypothermia, uh, just a dreadful, horrifying, detailed case that we've all been in tune with for the last uh, couple of years, uh, culminating as far as what happened uh, during the week. And uh, uh, very emotional, as you would expect, Ada Lesbeth. Yes, and not surprising at all. Um, you know, sometimes we call these kind of cases, and I'm not sure this one fits precisely, but it's sort of an inside baseball term. Lawyers call it a slow plea. When there's no offer, there's nothing that um, is being offered to a defendant for him to take a plea to minimize any kind of time, and they're sort of forced to go to trial. and you know, the overwhelming opinion by criminal practitioners is that he'll be convicted and that he'll get the max or close to the max. So they call it a slow plea. Here, though, uh, our partner, John Leturco, I think genuinely believes that he was overcharged and that uh, the proper or appropriate sentence would have been at a minimum a manslaughter. And I think there are some appealable issues. Certainly, I expect an appeal in this case. Um, but it is a sad day, uh, nonetheless, because um, innocent or guilty, and the jury found that he was guilty. He's a father. He loves his son. He lost his son. Um, the other son is, is, I believe, in the custody of, of a mother whose you know, mental health has been called into question, who ultimately lost the children after a serious investigation into how she cared for them and treated them. So it is heartbreaking all around, and sometimes we have fun doing our jobs, and we get victories that are appropriate. We help exonerate individuals that deserve to be free, Um, and sometimes you deal with cases like this where there are just no winners. Well, uh, Bruce Barquette and the colleague Leturco, you know, he had a tough task. Uh, even to the point where, listen, uh, judge, he's definitely guilty, but let's go with a lesser charge here, negligent homicide. Listen, I think everybody knows about the uh, the quantity, uh, let's put it that way, uh, of neg- negativity around this case and surrounding these boys, what they went through and everything else. But, you know, everybody's got to defend somebody here and it was Leturco's task in doing that with Michael Valva. It was just an uphill battle beyond and in reading uh, some of the jurors' feelings when all said and done and when they have kids and everything else and they kind of correlate 
you know, the task of mentoring a child and one, they just couldn't fathom what this guy, uh, what this guy did to young Thomas, and that was tough, tough to overcome in itself. Well, look, I, I, I think that the um, case demonstrates or represents kind of a flaw in our criminal justice system, uh, and it's a flaw that we've seen from time to time, and that's that we allow the emotions and the press and the momentum, if you will, of the crowd to dictate the result. Um, uh, uh, maybe I'm of minority opinion here. I clearly am. Uh, I don't think that this was second-degree murder. Uh, I thought it was manslaughter or reckless uh, conduct. The standard for depraved indifference murder is very high, and this was just not that kind of case. Uh, but because of the, the publicity and the emotions and whatnot, everybody ran to there. And John did the best job, I think, that anybody could do in trying to stop the crowd uh, from reaching his client, but wasn't successful. We'll see if an appellate court uh, has a different view of things. But we ought to be able to draw on distinctions between conduct that's a horrible result doesn't mean it was the worst act possible people unfortunately pass away all the time because of criminal negligence because of recklessness and just because somebody died doesn't make it a murder but that's a tough sell in front of a jury and when you add in all of the other conduct how these kids were were apparently mistreated not only that night but through the course of time it becomes almost impossible for jurors or judges or prosecutors to say, well, the result was really horrible, but the act wasn't the worst thing that we charge people with. And that's that was my sense of this case all along. I give John, obviously, a great deal of credit for taking this on. He was asked to do it by the judge because nobody else would represent this individual. Uh, he did the right thing. And he did a fabulous job of it. I'm, I mean, our entire firm is enormously proud of the work he did. And I guess the next question is, is this a harbinger for more things to come regarding Angela Polina coming up in February? I, I Look, I, I can't predict her verdict, but I will say there was a tremendous amount of evidence that came out throughout Valva's trial that she ultimately led this way of, of training, penalizing, caring for the children that Michael Valva um, adamantly objected uh, to how she was running the household, how she was caring for the children. And um, he was sort of overworked and desperate and afraid that she would leave him, that he would lose the house, that he wouldn't have anywhere to go with his two children. She accused him of just taking the kids from the biological mother to get back at her, and he, in a personal private text that at the time he thought no one would ever see, say, said, that's not true. I love my children. Um, and so I think that all that evidence is going to come out against her, and it's not going to reflect favorably upon her. However, interestingly enough, what matters is really the date in question, not necessarily the history. The history is very prejudicial to both parties. But the date in question and what both parties did and evidence came out that she claimed to him as he was hosing off the kid um, to clean him up, like, what are you doing? You're going to give him hypothermia and he's going to die. So I wonder if that statement will save her. 
and get her to a manslaughter as opposed to a depraved indifference murder. And it may be just that. That's a good point. We'll see. No question. That'll come up uh, in uh, in February as we await Angela Polino's trial. Um, before we do the preview for tonight, uh, Bruce and Ida, let's just focus in on one more uh, case, and I believe it's Wednesday, the sentencing of the Lido Beach resident, that of Tyler Flack, convicted of second-degree murder and the death of the 16-year-old Kasim Morris. It was uh, an after-school brawl in Oceanside. You got a new defense team uh, just days before the sentencing, uh, Bruce, um, in which he's going to appear before the Justice Howard Sturm. Uh, you got a new team. They're going to probably ask, uh, or I guess maybe they already did for an adjournment, so they can pre- prepare and file some sort of a motion to set aside uh, this verdict. But apparently, you know, they feel that he's overcharged and overconvicted. So um, we shall see. What's your thoughts here regarding this possibility? I, my thought is, I don't think, I don't think it'll kind of come into play in the mindset here. Maybe you feel differently. But uh, what do you think here? Well, I, I, I think, I think that um, Judge Sturm is a fair and reasonable person. Somebody that we know quite well. Uh, he's been a Concord judge in Nassau since 2015. Uh, prosecutor before that, worked for the courts for a good part of his career. I think he'll give the defense attorneys uh, ample time to prepare for either a sentencing or a um, um, motion practice, which I guess they're going to file what's called a 330 motion, which is a motion to overturn the verdict that's filed between the time of the conviction and before sentencing. And then obviously they'll take an appeal. This case is a little is a little different because... This there's some evidence that he was stabbed a couple of times, um, and there's some evidence that there, are, there this was a brawl and that nobody else was stabbed. Another um, other people were punched. So I think the prosecutors were able to argue uh, one that he stabbed him a couple of times, and two that the only person that he stabbed was this particular individual with, with whom he had a problem. And so that's some evidence that he intended more harm to that individual than uh, to somebody else. Now, he didn't have a gun, so he couldn't shoot him, but, and he didn't, he had a knife that he chose to take out and plunge into the person um, not once, but twice. So that's, that's a difficult, uh, a little bit more difficult defense um, to fight off the second-degree murder, and here it's intentional murder. Uh, Valvo was depraved indifference murder. There's no argument that he intended to kill his son, but that he did so in a manner that was uh, quote depraved. In this case, the argument is that he intended to kill this individual and did so by stabbing him. I think everybody in the courtroom was stunned by the verdict because of the questions the jury had asked beforehand. And from what I gather, uh, he had turned down a plea um, prior to trial uh, to a manslaughter. So I don't blame him for changing defense attorneys because I think he might have gotten some bad advice there. Um, But I'm not so sure that um, the new defense team is going to end up overturning the verdict at this stage. Um, But maybe an appeal. We'll have to wait and see for that. And one of the key things here, Aida, is prosecutors argued at the trial that Tyler Flagg stabbed Kasim Morris not once but three times. 
uh, once uh, was being, uh, you know, kind of accentuated on the other side. Um, and that's a detail the defense told jurors matter because it related to the question of intent. And I've always said intent and a weapon, no matter how many times in this particular case, uh, is still a death by the use of a weapon in hand by Tyler Fleck. What's your what's your take on all this? The, the law is a funny thing because sometimes it seems inconsistent with common sense. And I say this because I remember reading a decision maybe a decade ago by uh, a, a very intelligent judge who drafted the McKinney's commentaries that lawyers look to for all statutes to get some guidance on what things like intent mean. And I think the decision was involving someone who had taken a gun and shot in the direction of someone, and it was maybe an attempted murder charge. And the judge said, intent, you have to get dangerously close to shooting once that someone isn't quite that. You have to do it multiple times. So that's why they're grappling both parties, both adversaries, with the uh, number of times that an individual uh, stabs someone. I think you can argue with a gunshot or with a stabbing if it's one single shot that maybe you mean to scare, maybe you mean to maim, maybe you mean to hurt. Um, you know, intent always has to be proven circumstantially because more often than not, the defendant doesn't testify and he can't be cross-examined about his intent. Um, but it, it does matter, and it does help and assist a jury in determining their decision. More times means you're trying harder. It means you're intending to kill. Yeah. Uh, listen, either way, it was still in an area in which Kasim Morris died, which is in that area of the chest. Uh, and, you know, it's, listen, if Sturm agrees to adjourn the sentencing for Wednesday, I guess he'll return to court early next year we shall see but interesting events that could come uh into play bruce barquette tonight six to seven crime and justice radio what do we got well we're going to talk about a number of things including uh the conviction last week of of the court trump corporation but no trump individuals which is an oddity in the law where a corporation can be found criminally liable but the officers of the corporation and the owners are not even charged. Uh, we're also going to talk about one of your favorite topics, Jay, which is bail, but not in the state system, in the federal system. There's a new study from the University of uh, Chicago Law School uh, indicating that the federal system has resulted, the way that they do pretrial detention has resulted in a significant number of individuals being detained pretrial who should not be and a, a crisis of freedom, and it's caused a crisis in the jails. And there's also a, a study, a Newsday article, a huge article that came out um, a few days ago about two individuals who were mentally ill who ended up dying in Suffolk County uh, custody, and nothing ever happened. So that's a fascinating article on Newsday, and we'll give them a plug. They did a great job with it. And we'll talk about that and a few other issues. And, and link that, sorry, to Mayor Adams' plan to get homeless people off the street by forcing them to be evaluated and uh, potentially be psychiatrically committed. And what happens when law enforcement is tasked with that responsibility of approaching someone who's mentally ill and restricting their liberty, even though they may have done nothing criminal or wrong? 
Interesting subjects, all of uh, top quality. We'll be listening tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, uh, Crime and Justice Radio every Monday night, 6 to 7, uh, with uh, Barkett Epstein's own Bruce Barkett and Ida Eisenreich. And uh, we can't thank enough. Good stuff, good topics. That's going to be a great show tonight. We'll be listening. Thanks so much, Ken. Lovely to be here.